0: It doesn't matter which way you look at in Las Vegas, you'll see money. Big wins, millionaires, luxurious hotels. They can have a humbling effect, but some of us will be thinking, this could be me. I could live here. I could do what these people are doing. My name is Henrik Kukkonen, and we are vegasbedding.net. We want to find out if that's really actually how it goes. One of our reporters, Nick Stitchcomb, he can tell us, He's been to Vegas over 30 times.
1: My name is Nick Stinchcomb. I'm 57 years old. I worked in the newspaper business for 40 years. I'm now retired and I'm a freelance writer.
0: Listen how Nick describes going to Palazzo, one of the hotels on the Strip for the first time.
1: We went into there and uh... Upon arrival, it was overwhelming to say the least. Palm trees everywhere, luxurious views all over the place. It was quite overwhelming, actually, my first time there. I had never been in a hotel like this before. So that was kind of exciting. And the other thing about the palazzo that was uh, neat was every room in there is a suite. I'd never stayed in a suite before in my life. So you go into this huge room with a bathroom the size of my living room, and it was, again, just very overwhelming, but beautiful and appealing. I mean, I obviously I liked it. The bed was beautiful. The bathroom's beautiful. Uh, we had our own ensuite. We had our own living room. Again, overwhelming. I looked out from ceiling to floor windows out onto this mammoth strip of people talking, walking, sightseeing. I was quite impressed, quite excited, and honestly very glad that we made the decision to come there. And now I've only been there for an hour or two, and I'm already happy with our decision to go there. And I felt special right away, for sure. Vegas does make you feel special.
0: Overwhelming, but special. Vegas is a land of opportunity, America in pocket size. But for a beginner, there can be a lot to learn.
1: You think these resorts are close when you look at them. They're not. They're a long way away. And we ended up walking from the Palazzo, which is basically the north end of the strip, to Mandalay Bay, which is just about the south end of the strip. And you th- when you're looking at these buildings you think, well we'll go to the next one, it doesn't seem that far away. Well, by the end of the day, we were very sore and realized You don't do that when you visit Las Vegas.
0: All that walking around makes you thirsty. What do you do when you want to have some drinks in Vegas?
1: So typically, uh, if you've been out walking on the strip, you're thirsty, you want a drink just to cool down and maybe relax a little bit. Instead of buying a drink at the bar, sometimes my wife and I will just sit at a slot machine, put, say, $20 in that machine, but not hit the button. Don't play the machine. Don't risk any of that money. And what is likely to happen at most resorts is a server will come by and their usual comment is drinks. And of course, my wife and I'll say, yes, we'll have a Corona with with a lime, please. And they'll serve you. I'm I'm sure they're told to be on the lookout for people that are playing or not. But honestly, the servers just want your tip money. Tip them a dollar, they'll keep coming by every 10 or 15 minutes. If you don't tip them, you're not likely to see them again. But the the point is my wife and I haven't played a nickel and we're sitting at a slot machine drinking for free.
0: Did you hear that? Nick is playing the casinos. (coughs) Poker is one of the most popular games in Vegas. It's on TV and most of us have played it with friends. In fact, it's so normal that it can seem like anybody could do it. Listen how Ira Glass, the normally critical and analytical host of This American Life, talks about playing cards in Vegas. Watching these people play cards all day for their jobs, it just seems so much better than any job I had ever seen or imagined. And the tricky thing is, it doesn't look that hard. You know, it's not like pro basketball. It's not like hitting a fastball like Alex Rodriguez. You know you can't do that. But poker, it's just... cards. You know, it's only cards. How hard could that be? Well, how hard could that be? Let's listen to Mike McDermott, played by Matt Damon in Rounders, explain Texas Hold'em, the game that Ira Glass thinks is so easy.
1: No Limit, Texas Hold'em, is the Cadillac of poker. Each player is dealt two cards face down. Five cards are then dealt face-up across the middle. These are community cards everyone can use to make the best five-card hand. The key to the game is playing the man, not the cards. There's no other game in which fortunes can change so much from hand to hand. A brilliant player can get a strong hand cracked, go on tilt, and lose his mind along with every single chip in front of him. This is why the World Series of Poker is decided over a no-limit hold'em table. Some people, pros even, won't play no limit. They can't handle the swings.
0: Okay, so it sounds like Mike has a more realistic image but of the challenges like in dog poker. What does Nick think?
1: I think poker is a game of chance to a degree probably a little less than 50%. percent i say it's the majority of poker is skill. I don't think it's out-and-out uh, out gambling. There are too many people in Las Vegas playing poker for a living. Now, I have a stats degree. That's, I mean, I love statistics and trends and, and analytics. I love that stuff. It drives most people crazy looking at all those numbers. I love it, but I am not going to. I'm just going to give my money away in the poker room. I know it, especially in Las Vegas. I might as well just give them my money. You know what I should do? If I buy in for $200 in Vegas at a poker in a poker room, just go all in my first hand. I'm probably going to lose it anyways. I might as well go for it.
0: Did you hear that, Ira? If I was you, I wouldn't quit my day job just quite yet. But what do you do then when you want to gamble?
1: My gambling strategy has changed over the number of visits that I've been there. When I first went there, everything was new. So you tried a little bit of everything and I found that I just ended up coming home down uh, hundreds of dollars. Obviously, I've had a lot of time to think about it, and I don't like coming home with less money than I went there with, so I've tried to develop a strategy that can be profitable for me, and what I have found is I still play table games. I still play a little bit of slots, and I. but most of my time now I spent focused on What one or two games or what one or two horse races am I playing today? And I limit myself to that. I'm not looking to just take a shot with my bet. I want to, I have the opinion that I'm making an informed decision and I have a good chance of winning based on the information that I have have looked at.
0: Nick, could you give us an example on how you conduct your research and how do you figure out your strategy for a single event?
1: I go to Las Vegas every year for the Super Bowl and I go for quite a length of time because I want to study the lines and the lines change. They Just because the line is set at say two and a half on the favorite, they move from there and they can move quite a bit depending on the amount of money that's being bet. So I went about a week before the Super Bowl two years ago in 2018 and I was writing a story every day on the Super Bowl. Who was going to be the MVP? Who was going to win the game? Who would win on the point spread bet? bet? Who would win on the total bet? Who would win on the prop bets? So I was obviously doing a lot of research and studying a lot of trends and um, statistics. And I had my mind set on the fact that the multi-million dollar bets coming in on the game early were on Philadelphia. People don't bet that kind of money on a hunch. They've done some homework. So that's the first thing that caught my eye. Secondly, I didn't like the Patriots' defense. They seem to give up a lot of points, and championship teams tend to have a decent, if not really good, defense. So I was already leaning to Philadelphia anyways. The other thing, too, in Super Bowls, the quarterback tends to be the MVP. So when I wrote that story, I've already made up my mind Philadelphia was going to win the game. So I picked Nick Foles as the MVP, who at the time was offering very good odds because his opponent was Tom Brady. So, first of all, I like Nick Foles as MVP. I like Philadelphia to win the game. Obviously, I like Philadelphia to cover the spread because they were the underdogs. They were getting, I believe, four and a half to five points at the time. And I like the over because I thought Philadelphia has a great offense and Brady's going to get his points no matter who they're playing. So they're going to score a lot of points. So here was my strategy for that Super Bowl. And I'm there again a week early. Every time I make money in the casino... I'm going to bet it on Philadelphia every time. I make $60 at the roulette table. I go to the sports book. I bet it on Philadelphia. I make $100 at the roulette table. I go and bet it on either the point spread, the money line. Oddly enough, I was unable to bet on Nick Foles to win MVP because MGM Grand doesn't take bets on where voters decide who's going to win. But anyways, that's beside the point. By the time the game comes around, I have more than $600 on Philadelphia. To win the Super Bowl. Now, if you remember that game, it ends 41-33. 74 points are scored. The line was 48 and a half. The money line on Philadelphia was plus 170. I have that bet hammered. The over and under I have hammered. The point spread I automatically won since Philadelphia has won the game. By the time the game was played, I have over $600 in casino winnings, all on Philadelphia to win. I got back $1,700. My brother and I left the next day and came home. I was up 1700 bucks.
0: People always say that it's really easy to get lost at the casinos. Is that true?
1: Uh, it is easy to get lost in certain casinos, like the Venetian or MGM Grand. I don't like MGM Grand because of that, because it's so easy to lose your bearings. You don't know where you are. Obviously, having been there so many times now, I know my way around MGM Grand and the Venetian. Um, It is true, if you're a, a newcomer to Las Vegas, you will get lost in most of their casinos. And I think they do that on purpose. They want you to stay in that casino. That's one of the reasons why you won't find windows or clocks in casinos. And most of them are fairly dark. Because they want you to think it's nighttime all the time and just keep playing.
0: Nick, you're going to Vegas soon and it's going to be trip number 33. Why do you keep going to Vegas over and over again?
1: The draw to Las Vegas for us is there's always something for each one of us to do, no matter what the time of day is, if we want to do that.
0: So there you have it. Vegas can be overwhelming at the start. The hotels are far from each other, and the sharks will eat you as their dinner if you sit in the wrong poker table. But if you're smart, you can drink for free. And if you're even smarter, you can go home richer than you can. Just like Nick. Thanks for listening. I'm Henry Kukkonen from VegasBetting.net.